Sure, kids need vaccines, but did you know adults do too? Hi, welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified Dr. Brian Forrest. He is the president and founder of Access Healthcare in Apex. Hello, doctor. Welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we'll be talking about vaccines that are recommended for adults on Access Health Radio. And we would like to acknowledge companies that support our program. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are much lower often than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Now, Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after the show, or they want to find out more information about your practice, where can they go to find that? If listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. That's A-C-C-E-S-S-H-E-A-L-T-H radio.com. They can also like our page on Facebook, or they can send email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. If they would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. After the show, you can also listen to an on-demand podcast at wptf.com, and we'll provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. All right, doctor. So uh, today we're talking about vaccinations, and we know that vaccines are recommended for children. We all of us that are parents know that. But now there's lots of vaccines that are also meant for adults. So what is important for listeners to know about shots that might be good for grownups? Mike, there are a lot of vaccines available now. I think that most people that assume that the majority of vaccines are for children, but while that used to be the case, more and more vaccines have been developed specifically to prevent diseases in adults, especially older adults. So first of all, and this is probably not news to anyone, is that all adults really need to get a seasonal flu shot. Uh, the flu vaccine, it's out now. People are getting it. Uh, it's time to get that this year. Uh, but it's especially important for people with chronic health conditions, pregnant women, and older adults. And they're usually around $30 and almost always covered by insurance. And also, many people have heard about the tetanus shot. You know, every adult should get the Tdap vaccine once if they did not receive it as an adolescent to protect against pertussis as well. Pertussis is what people call whooping cough. And then what people know is the tetanus shot is actually called TD, which is tetanus and diphtheria. And they really need to get that booster shot every 10 years. But again, because we've had some outbreaks in the United States of whooping cough, if you don't know if you've had the one that includes pertussis, make sure that uh, you get the Tdap. Uh, and in addition, er women should get the Tdap vaccine each time they are pregnant, preferably at 27 through 36 weeks. Uh, and if you do not know if you had the pertussis vaccine before, then you want to make sure that when you get the tetanus shot every 10 years, you get the one that includes that whooping cough booster. Um, one example of a Tdap vaccine, uh, one brand is actually called Adacel. You're listening to Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest, and I'm Mike Davis. So uh, the uh, tetanus and flu shots, what are some other examples of vaccines adults should receive? Well, the best way to break down the things that are recommended is sort of by risk groups. So we'll go through a couple of age categories, and then we're also going to talk about some high-risk groups so that listeners can understand which ones are recommended for them. So first, let's discuss vaccines that are recommended for younger adults. First, the HPV vaccine 
uh, which protects against human papillomavirus that causes most cervical cancers, anal cancer, and genital warts. And it's recommended for women up to age 26 years old, men up to age 21, and then men ages 22 to 26 that might be at high risk. And some vaccines would be recommended for other adults, you know, in this age bracket because of particular job or school-related requirements, health conditions, lifestyle, or other factors. For example, some states require students entering colleges and universities to be vaccinated against certain diseases like meningitis due to increased risk among college students living in residential housing. You know, in a dorm, people enter in real close contact with each other, and so meningitis is something that can be deadly, and so we often do recommend that for students entering college. Now it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. It's really important to keep track of what immunizations you've had throughout your life. If you ever move, get a new job, start at a college, etc., those records will often be needed for applications. It's also wise to keep a permanent record of all of your vaccinations as part of your personal medical record so that you don't have to get vaccine doses that you don't need or that you might have already had. It's also important to have those so you can make sure that you're up to date. Medical practices do keep records on vaccines, so do health departments and clinics, but if you change practices or doctors, you need to make sure that you get a copy of your immunization records because these records are often archived or destroyed after a period of 11 years. There is an immunization registry in many states, uh, but the reporting and and the amount of data in that is at times unpredictable. I can tell you from personal experience that having these records easily available can save Save you from having to have extra doses of vaccine that you really don't need. After the break, Dr. Forrest will be discussing vaccines for older adults and other vaccines that are recommended as well for some special circumstances. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. So we're talking vaccines today, but particularly, Doc, we're talking about some of the vaccines that are recommended for older adults. What are those? Well, as we get older, our immune systems tend to weaken over time. This puts us at higher risk for certain diseases. Uh, So there's some other vaccines in addition to the ones we already mentioned, which would be good ideas for all adults, like the the tetanus vaccine and the the flu shot. Uh, For older adults, typically they want to get a pneumococcal vaccine. And pneumococcal vaccines protect against a type of bacteria that typically causes pneumonia. And it used to be that we only had one type of that, but now we have two. Uh, and both of those are recommended. So for people that have not had a pneumonia vaccine before, they ideally need to get the one called the conjugate vaccine first, which is known as PCV13. So just remember, if you haven't had a pneumonia shot before and you're in this age group, the one that you want to get first is the 13 one. The second one that you should get is called PPSV23, uh, and it can be administered one year after that first dose. So if you get the, the 13 pneumococcal vaccine first and you get the 23 second, then you are covered for about as many strains as, as we can protect for that particular bacteria. Um, ideally, you're going to get that lower number first and then the 23. However, the newer vaccine is the 13, and it's only been available for a couple of years. So if you received your first pneumonia vaccine prior Prior to two years ago, you likely received the 23 vaccine first, and so you would be due to get the 13 
one uh, now, which has only been available recently. Getting both of these helps protect you against the most possible strains of pneumococcal disease. And, you know, as we know, one of the, the chief reasons people go into the hospital and often die in the hospital is from having pneumonia. And this protects against a lot of those strains. And these are recommended for all adults over 65 and for adults younger than 65 who may have certain chronic health conditions like severe lung disease. So if you do have a severe lung disease, say asthma, COPD, it would be something worth talking to your doctor about if even if you're less than 65, if this is a good option for you. The second vaccine that older adults should get is the Zoster vaccine. Now, this is something that I've really sort of uh, done a, a 180 on myself and changed my opinion on uh, because the older vaccine that we have for shingles uh, really was not incredibly effective, um, but the new one seems to be very good. So it protects against shingles, and uh, recently this became recommended for adults as young as 50 years old. So it's important to note that the shingles vaccine that's called Zostavax is no longer recommended by the CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control, now that a more effective vaccine has been developed. The new vaccine that is being recommended for adults over 50 to protect against shingles is called Shingrix. Uh, and that's going to be out very, very soon. So if you haven't gotten a shingles vaccine, I would encourage you uh, to get Shingrix if you're over 50. Uh, and if you have had prior immunization, you may want to talk to your physician about the possibility of getting this as a supplement uh, because the new vaccine is much more effective than the old one, so much so that the CDC doesn't recommend the old uh, vaccine at all anymore. You're listening to Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest, and I'm Mike Davis. All right, Dr. Forrest, uh, are there some specific medical conditions or risks that might make other adults need certain vaccines? Well, if you do not have a condition which weakens your normal immunity... Uh, then you don't have to worry about other things. But there are certain people that may not have a spleen. They may have had a disease. They may have had a car accident and their spleen was removed. Your spleen is very important for your immune function. Or there's other conditions where you may be immunosuppressed, uh, like HIV. Uh, then you also, if you are in those categories where your immune system may be weakened, you need to talk to your doctor about some other vaccines in addition to those that are normally recommended, some of which we've already discussed. So first of all would be the Hib vaccine. And the Hib vaccine protects against a germ called Haemophilus influenza. And if you haven't been previously vaccinated and you're at increased risk, it probably makes sense to get this. Uh, we already talked about the pneumococcal vaccines uh, for people that were older. Uh, but again, if you're at high risk because of some immunosuppression like not having a spleen or other cause, then a lot of times we'll recommend pneumococcal vaccines to people younger uh, than 65. Uh, meningococcal vaccines, these are the ones that uh, basically cover meningitis. And meningitis can be really deadly. I think a lot of people don't know a lot about it. But, uh, you know, I've seen cases in emergency rooms of people who had meningitis. And, you know, even young, healthy people, this can be a really, really serious disease. And it is preventable. Uh, one of the recommendations I would make to parents who have uh, children that are entering college or that are college age and are going to be moving on campus is this is particularly important for that age group that are living in dorms. We've seen several outbreaks over the years of, of fatal uh, meningitis uh, that, that basically was contagious uh, through the college system. So uh, another one is MMR vaccine. Now, most people get measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine uh, when they're children. Uh, but if you were born after 1957 and you haven't gotten this vaccine and you did, never had measles, mumps, 
mumps or rubella, then you need to make sure you're immune to these. Um, and the last one is varicella vaccine. Now, varicella vaccine is meant to protect you against chickenpox. So if you were born in 1980 or after, uh, have not had the chickenpox disease, then you're really supposed to get two doses of that vaccine, especially if you've got one of those conditions where you're immunosuppressed, because chickenpox as a child can be fairly benign. Uh, you know, it's a rash and kids are miserable for a week or so, but uh, chickenpox as an adult can actually be fatal, and many people suffer some severe lung damage from chickenpox if they catch it as an adult. You're listening to Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. You mentioned this earlier, Dr. Forrest. What about vaccines for pregnant women? Well, that's a good point. I mean, pregnant women need to be covered, uh, especially with the Tdap vaccine, which is, again, the tetanus with pertussis uh, in it. Uh, so usually they'll get that between 27 and 36 weeks of pregnancy, uh, preferably towards more the earlier part of their pregnancy. And that helps protect them, particularly against whooping cough. And again, we have had a resurgence of whooping cough in the United States, uh, in many cases due to people who've come into the country that were not immunized in their country that are staying here than that we're exposed to. So you definitely want to make sure that uh, you're protected against whooping cough. Another one that might surprise people that's recommended for pregnant women is the flu vaccine. So usually sometime before October, uh, pregnant women, uh, if that's during their pregnancy, they want to make sure that they're going to have the flu shot because it can be very protective uh, for them. Um, and there's really... Um, no other vaccines other than if the baby or the mom is at a higher risk of contracting a hepatitis due to a hepatitis B exposure or from being exposed to hepatitis. Maybe they're going out of the country. They're going somewhere where they might you know, eat food that could be contaminated with hepatitis A. Uh, in those cases, even a hepatitis vaccine might be needed for pregnant women. One thing I've always wondered about is as, as a healthcare worker, I, I have no idea how you don't catch everything under the sun. Are there special uh, vaccines that healthcare workers need? You're exposed to needles, at-risk patients, things like that. What about you? <laughs> well, that's a great question. So I like to tell people I've been immunized 10 times for everything. <laughs> uh, you know, it, one of the requirements, actually, uh, when uh, you attend pre-professional school or nursing school, medical school, is that you get some supplemental vaccines. Uh, and they really mean business. And so I, I alluded to the fact that I'd had a personal experience where I, I couldn't find my, uh, I couldn't get my healthcare provider to send my vaccination records quick enough to the college. And so I just had to get a second round. So I've had so many MMR shots that I'm never worried at all about measles, mumps, and rubella. So uh, there are a couple things that are specific for, hep for uh, healthcare workers, and one of those is hepatitis B. So most people aren't necessarily at high risk for hepatitis B, but healthcare workers, uh, you know, occasionally are going to get stuck by needles. And if you get stuck by a needle that has hepatitis B uh, infected blood on it, you have a chance of getting that. So most healthcare providers are going to get the hepatitis B series. Uh, it's usually a three-dose series, uh, one now, you get another one in a month later, and then approximately five months after that, you get that last one. And then even to confirm immunity, you can get a blood test one to two months after that last dose to make sure you're immune. Uh, the second one is uh, varicella vaccine, and this is one that I had to get because I'd never had uh, chicken pox, and when I went to medical school, uh, I was required to get this. And if you haven't had chicken pox and you're a healthcare worker, you really have to have two doses of the varicella vaccine at least four weeks apart. And then again, often they'll check for your immunity after that. 
Um, and then also the MMR, we talked about that. And most kids got MMR shots. I know I, I did. I got immunized with that. But typically, they're going to require uh, that you have current documentation of those MMR vaccines or that you get a booster if you're a healthcare professional. And then lastly, and this isn't required for all healthcare professionals, uh, but we mentioned meningitis. And meningitis is just can be such a deadly disease. So uh, healthcare workers who are on the front lines that could be exposed to something like that, maybe you know emergency room physicians that might see somebody who came in with meningitis, uh, those type healthcare professionals that are exposed to high-risk risk environments really should consider the meningococcal vaccine. All right. Thanks, Doc. After the break, we're going to share with you a website tool that can help you find out the vaccinations you need and our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week. We'll be right back. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking about adult vaccinations today. Doc, what about travel to other countries? I've heard there's special vaccines that people uh, need to get that travel overseas. That's, is that the case? Uh, yes. I mean, if you are traveling to other countries, a lot of times those countries may have diseases that we're not used to seeing in the United States. Um, so it would be way too many location-specific examples to list all those on the show today. However, just to throw some out, there are things like yellow fever and typhoid and even other diseases that are common. And if you want to receive specific vaccines if you're traveling to those areas. So the best way to identify what is recommended for travel is you can go to the CDC's website and you can search specifically by the location where you're going to be traveling to. I will put a link uh, to to this on our website so that you'll be able to go back and look at this. There's also another valuable tool I want you to have access to. I'll put detailed links to those on the landing page at accesshealthradio.com. Uh, you definitely don't want to ruin your travel by getting sick, and some of these diseases in other countries can actually be deadly. Time for our Access Health Radio Trivia of the Week. You know, it really might surprise people to know that each year, one million Americans get shingles, and about half of them are 60 years old or older. Additionally, over 60% of the people that get admitted to the hospital each year for flu are 65 years and older. So just make sure, you know, those are two things you can get, and make sure you don't have to worry about those. Well, Dr. Forrest, we've covered a lot of great information today, and I'm sure people would like to find out more. Uh, where are some of the places that listeners can find out more information about vaccinations that we've talked about today? Well, one of the easiest ways to figure out exactly what you need is to go to the CDC's website. Um, it's incredibly valuable, and they have a, what's called a vaccine quiz on there. And you literally just answer a few questions about how old you are, you know, a few questions, and you do that. It's completely confidential and anonymous. And what it'll do is when you hit the submit button, it'll tell you exactly what vaccines you're due for. I'll put detailed links to those on the landing page at accesshealthradio.com. And this concludes our show for the week. Hopefully you'll be able to use this information to improve your heart's health and keep yourself healthier overall. Our scripture this week is one of my favorites and reminds us that if we prevent disease and stay well, we might not even need a physician. It's from Matthew 9, 12. But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Thanks for listening to Access Health Radio, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health. And join us next week as Dr. Forrest will be discussing the new blood pressure guidelines and what it means for you.